when you feel burned out, like you're just not giving yourself enough credit. Like you're working so hard and you're doing so much of teaching, you know, people say it's the hardest job. And if you're not putting, if you're not filling your bucket back up, you're just going to be pouring and pouring and pouring. And then it's done. You have nothing in your bucket and it's, you know, then you're really burned out. This is Brittany. And for all of you listeners out there struggling with self-care and work-life balance, this girl has got some great advice for you. This is episode nine. Welcome to the Burned in Teacher podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators of this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Hi, Burned In Teachers, and welcome to the Burned In Teacher podcast, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. Today, we're going to be talking with Brittany. She is a high school journalism and English teacher. She graduated from Ball State University in 2006 and has her master's degree from Butler. She really prides herself on standing up for herself and encouraging others to treat her professionally. She's really great at building relationships with her students, and she's a huge advocate for self-care. I'm really excited to share the interview with you. So let's get started. Welcome, Brittany. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your journey as a teacher. Okay. Well, I started teaching, this is my ninth year, Um, And I started in Northwest Indiana. And my friend invited me to work at her school as the foods teacher. So I taught foods for a year. It worked out. And then I went to um, Greenfield Central High School and taught there and really, really liked it. Wanted to stay on. um, But I was in a maternity position and the lady did decide to come back. So I was really kind of bummed about that. Um, and then I worked in Indianapolis for three years. I worked at Broad Ripple, uh, for Magnet High School for the Arts and Humanities. Um, so that was really fun. And then I actually got to teach all journalism all day. So that was really, really good. And then I decided to move home and that's where I am now. So you weren't kidding when you said your career has a lot of twists and turns. Yes. So what can you tell us about your current reality, your current position? So currently I am uh, focused a lot on uh, the journalism aspect of my job. I do the intro to publications and the yearbook right now. And then I also teach English 9 for the other half of the day. And then um, for the rest of the year, it's more English, but I still have a a yearbook class every um, day. And then I also meet with the newspaper kids during academic lab. So I'm still doing uh, journalism, which is good. That's my passion. That was what I was going to ask you. So you're content with the with the content that you're teaching at this time? Yes, I yeah, I didn't want to do English nine again, um, just because I wanted something new. But it's been working out really well because I'm also the student one of the student council advisors. So um, there's a lot on my plate. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to teach some of the same stuff. Yeah, great. So When is a time that you have experienced burnout before or now or, you know, when have you felt those feelings of burnout? 
I think the biggest time when I feel burned out is when I feel just like totally unappreciated or unheard. Um, like the biggest thing for me when I feel burned out is if I have said something, you know, day after day and I keep telling people, you know, like we just did this project and I explained how to save the project daily for like a week. And the Monday that I was gone, I was coming back from Chicago. I got like four or five emails asking me about saving this project. And I was like, man, you guys aren't listening. Like that makes me feel so unheard. And it just really put, really put me in a bad, a bad place. So for me, it's when I I feel like unheard or unappreciated, you know, when I'm doing all the extra stuff and people aren't really as grateful as I'd like them to be, or maybe don't express that. Um, So I'm definitely, you know, probably basing my burnout on other people too much. Um, but that's when I experience it because I have a lot of self-care and I have a lot of strategies to go against it, but I definitely can feel myself being, um, burned out when those things happen. So when you say you feel unappreciated, are you saying by your students? Yeah, mostly by my students or by the staff or, you know, I think a lot of times people take me for granted because I just will do it. Like, so they know that no matter what, it'll still get done. Um, So they don't have to be grateful for it. They can just assume that we'll handle it because we've been one of the best student councils in the state for like 30 plus years. Um, So the kids, yeah, it's amazing, Um, which is great. And I love it. But at the same time, you know, if we just fall into that complacency, we're not going to continue to be the best. So what is it that you mean by falling into complacency? You're you're asking to make some changes. Is that what you mean? Yeah, sometimes, you know, I want them to think more about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, a lot of times people just expect things to be the same way that they've always been because mm-hmm. that's how we've always done it. Um, and I'll ask them to kind of think outside of the box and my students aren't really into it or like my coworkers might not really be into it. Like they kind of just want the same thing we've always had. So what, give me an example. I'm just, I'm so curious about what, what thinking outside the box in reference to, you know, I, I mean, student council is and is not an extracurricular, but it is something right. extra. So what is, what yes. is thinking outside the box in, in terms of that? Yeah, so things that, you know, I will encourage them to do, like, different dress-up days or different um, homecoming pep session ideas or different themes and stuff that they think is original, but I've heard it a million times. Um, So trying to get them to kind of think outside of it. And then as far as, like, thinking outside the box with my coworkers, you know, just dressing up and just getting into the spirit of like, you know, even if they come up with crazy ideas like this year's homecoming days were crazy. Um, but still at least trying to get into the spirit. So, so it sounds like you're frustrated specifically with just not being listened to. So does that just make you feel frustrated or does it make you feel burned out? Like you, you know, burnout being that you just feel like this is just not the place for you. Like you don't want to be there. You don't want, you don't want to teach yeah, anymore. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I, I've really thought, you know, this might be my last year teaching just because I do feel like the kids deserve 
to have someone who's all in, you know, and someone who really, really wants to be there. And that might not necessarily be me every day anymore. It used to be. And I used to like love it so much. But, you know, and some years are better than others. And I know that. But last year I was really burned out. That's why I started, you know, talking to you about the whole pro, the whole program and getting on Facebook and following things and reading things. I'm like, I don't want to be burned out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to feel this way. So what can I do proactively? And I, you know, tried journaling and all the good stuff. Um, and I said, you know, I'm just going to give it one more year. Let's see what happens. And then this whole year I'm like, mm, this could be the last time I teach Romeo and Juliet. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe just a change. Like, I don't know if I'd get out of education entirely, but definitely a, a change is needed. Oh my goodness. So there are two things that 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 just made my ears perk up that you just said. So number one, you said that your student, you feel like your students believe your students deserve someone that's all in that. Yeah. Those are the exact words that I said to a couple of people last year that mm-hmm. made me feel like this for sure was going to be my last year in the classroom for now because I was ready to try Clearly, you know the path that I was on. And Mm -hmm. that was one thing that really made the decision easy for me at the end of the Mm -hmm. school year was I felt like I was doing my students a disservice. Yes, I was good to them. Yes, I I did what I was supposed to do as a teacher. You know, yes, I was I was doing all that I could to support them, but for me and what I had done to work toward my my goals professionally it just didn't they didn't coincide so I felt like there had there would be someone that could come in and take my place that was all in you know that this is what they wanted to do this is they were there at school teaching the kids and that's what they were doing they weren't thinking oh my goodness I have got this thing that I really wish that I could be spending my time on right now does that make sense yeah Yep. And that thing for 100%. me was that thing for me was burned in teacher. The yeah. other thing that I am so glad that you mentioned is that you don't necessarily know if you're ready to completely step out of education, but you just mm-hmm. feel like you're ready to do something else. And that is something that I want to make sure that people understand about burned in teacher is that it is not a program that is meant to make you feel like okay, I'm a teacher, I'm a journalism teacher, so I need to figure out how I can continue to be burned in and be and continue to be a journalism teacher. You know, mm-hmm. this whole program is meant to help you decide, do I want, is it my strong desire to stay in the classroom because that's always what I wanted to do? Or is it that I need to move on to a different role within my school? Or if I can't find that role in my school, do I need to look at another school or another district? Or sadly, is it time for me to move out of education for a while? So, and none of that is, is, is bad or negative. It's just, what is it that's the next best step for you? Right. So have you reached out to anybody and talked to them about, you know, how you're feeling and, and what it is that you may be ready to do? Have you had anything in the works? Um, What is it that you're looking at? Well, it's kind of funny because every time I tell anyone, they're like, what? Really? Because I don't think it appears that way. Because I, I mean, I think like you said, you do, I, it, I do 
do everything I'm supposed to do. And I come every day and I follow all the rules and I, I do what I'm supposed to do. And people are amazed because I give so many hours to student council and yearbook and everything else. So I think at first people are like, what? No, like, really? Huh? And they're shocked. And then they always ask me if I'm going to go into ad- admin because I have my administrative license as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that. And when I got my admin license, I wanted to be an activity director. Um, so I've looked into that and thought about, okay, like, what would that take and where would I go and all that good stuff. Um, so ideally that would be something to look into, but I also, you know, I've thought a lot about just going back to school and figuring out, you know, something else, you know, maybe library sciences or getting a doctorate in something or teaching at a collegiate level. Just, I love education and I, I love learning and I love being around those kind of people who also love learning, but I just, I don't know if I'll be at the high school setting forever. I I have to find out if there's something more out there. And I just, there has to be for, I mean, for me, there is at least. Are you feeling bored with what you do now? Sometimes, you know, you're teaching the same stuff and it's not necessarily what I chose. You know, it's where I work is a pretty strict set of like, okay, you have to do this story and these vocab words and this grammar and yada, yada, yada. Um, Where I don't have that in journalism, I can do whatever I want, but it is very prescribed and it's not necessarily something that I would pick. Like I don't, like I said, Romeo and Juliet earlier, I don't, you know, aspire to teach Romeo and Juliet for the rest of my life. Do you think if someone came to you and said, Brittany, you can teach whatever literature you'd like, do you think that would change your mindset? You know, maybe, but right now I would feel so overwhelmed with that because I have, I haven't had a choice. Anytime I've ever taught English, I've never had a choice. So I, I think I would like fall over or something if someone, (laughs) I can, I'd be like, I don't know. Do you think Um, that that's the same situation that a lot of English teachers are in, in the United States, not even just in Northeast Indiana or Indiana at all? No, absolutely. I mean, so much stuff is dictated by standards, which are great, but it does take away some of that. And then you hear about, you know, these amazing teachers that do these amazing projects and you want that and you want to do that. And then life is just one of those things that it it gets in the way. And, you know, I hate when people act like that's an excuse because like your life is important too, Mm -hmm. like spending time with your family and like all that other stuff is just as important as your career. And I don't think that we have to, you know, die over the copier machine. You know, I don't think that's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's, It's a fine balance. I just really believe that whatever your career is, it shouldn't be the main part of your life. I don't think anyway. Hey, Burned In Teachers, I want to take a minute to tell you about PrepDish.com, my secret weapon behind planning, prepping, and preparing healthy, delicious meals on the weekend for my family to eat during the week. For years, I've been telling all of my fellow teacher friends about PrepDish and how it's saved me not just anxiety over what I'll cook for dinner every night during the week, but what my husband and I will have for lunch the next day at school. 
So since you're now taking control over your work-life balance and you're home focusing on time with your family, you can now have a healthy grocery list, prep instructions, and menu sent to you every single week, and you get to choose between a paleo or gluten-free meal plan. And here's what makes it so easy to use. A Google Doc is emailed to you every single week, and you know I'm in love with Google tools, right? So I save that doc to my drive for later use, and instead of printing out the actual grocery list, I use Google Keep. Either way, the grocery list is made, and I just take it to the store with me. We come home, I clean the vegetables and fruit, and then I follow the prep day guide. So I chop up all the vegetables, chop up some meat, I cook a few things, and within a couple of hours, I have all of the meals made for the entire week. This has become part of our weekend routine, and then Monday through Thursday, I have every single meal ready to just pop into the oven, put on the grill, or set on the table. It is seriously amazing. So jump on over to prepdish.com slash capital B, capital I, capital T to get $10 off of your year subscription for PrepDish.com. That's PrepDish.com slash capital B, capital I, capital T. I hope you try it and I know you're going to love it. Now back to the show. So tell me more about that. Tell me about how you've created that balance and what are your rules that you've set for yourself as far as creating that balance? Because I do know a little bit about you um, Mm -hmm. and that you have some strong hobbies that you really love. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you've done to create that balance and not kill yourself over the copy machine? (laughs) Yeah. So I, it sounds crazy, but I don't grade at home. Mm -hmm. I know some people think that's nuts. Um, I absolutely do not grade at home unless I am grading like a test or something that's going to take a long time. And then I'll do that Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Otherwise I don't grade in the evenings at all. Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't work for everybody. Um, but I don't. And that was just a thing that my boyfriend and I decided a few years ago because I would be so grumpy and I couldn't turn it off. And then, you know, I would only grade till dinner, but then I'd be like hungry and grumpy and it just wasn't working out for us. And I was not pleasant to be around. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stay a few minutes after school each and every day. And I'm going to, you know, and I might only stay till three 30, maybe four, but getting that stuff done and leaving it at work is huge. Um, I do bring my computer home every day just in case we have e-learning or something like that, but I don't get it back out. And then as far as balance goes, I schedule in my workouts every week. Um, so I work out four or five times a week, whether it's like we talked about beach body on demand where I can work out at home Um, Or I go to yoga two or three times a week. I listen to podcasts and relax and read. And I just spend my time enjoying that kind of stuff when I'm home Mm -hmm. and going to yoga. Do you have a certain time of the day that you demand of yourself to leave? Um, Yeah, I, I never, ever, ever stay past four. So again, I know some people, they would think that's nuts. Um, my first year teaching, I was there till seven, eight o'clock all the time. Um, but yeah, I do not stay past four ever. And another thing that I know about you is that you yourself are, you have said 
are very good at building relationships with your students and your coworkers, which is something I'm really interested in knowing more about because I have strong feelings that partially sometimes that we are feeling the burnout because of bad student behavior, because of bad relationships with Mm -mm. our administrators and coworkers. And I totally get it because I've had both. Uh, But there are things that we can do to change that. Uh, Number one, do you believe that that's true? And number two, what is it that you do to build those strong relationships? So I think I I definitely believe that's true. I'll start there. Definitely think that's true. Um, I think relationships are the key to everything. It's hard because you get criticized for building relationships. Sometimes people will be jealous or they don't think it's important. I get that a lot where people will say like, oh, you're just trying to be their friend. And because I look young, um, I get that a lot. Oh, well, you're not their friend and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, I'm not their friend. They're not my friend, but I do respect them and I know about them. And I bet I could sit down and write down three things about every single person. And I learn all of their names within the first day. Mm -hmm. And again, that might be a special talent that I have. But I will literally remember every single student's name by like day two or three. I play a lot of games. I, you know, we spend the we spend at least the first four days of the trimester getting to know each other. And I know some people won't give themselves the time to do that. But I think they're doing themselves a huge disservice because people don't they don't want to be bad. They don't want to be disruptive. They don't want that, but they just, they are for a variety of reasons. So if I know that you didn't get sleep or if I know that your mom works late, or if I know, you know, that your sister's in the hospital or whatever, I can be way more understanding. And they're going to tell me that because they love me and I love them. And if we don't have that relationship, they wouldn't tell me. So I would think that they were sleeping or being sassy or whatever for no reason. When in reality, I can be like, hey, what's up? And we talk about that. So um, like my kids tell me probably more than most people think they should. But I, you know, I'm a trusted adult and we do sources of strength and I support them in whatever way that I can. And I mean, I know that I personally have counseled people through lots of things and help them find resources. And, you know, not everyone's as lucky to have a ton of trusted adults in their life. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the most important part. I, I'm so glad that you said all of those things and I can see that in you for sure. So something you, you, you're welcome. So something that you said made me, made me smile. You, you got close to saying that they don't want, well, you said they don't want to be bad. They don't want to be disruptive. And in my mind, I predicted that you were going to say they just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with with my assumption that that's something yeah. that you okay? So it's interesting to me that your frustration and something that's burning you out is because you don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. Because it's frustrating because I hear them and I listen to them and I'm on their team and it's even like that with adults that I work with too like I'm always the first person to listen to other people but then people will think that I'm too nice and that they don't have to listen to me and then I have to explain myself seven times and I'm like why why didn't you listen the first six 
-hmm. you know? So that's been really frustrating for me because I, I mean, I give them my attention. So it, it, it does get frustrating. So if you could sit down and I won't ask you to name them specifically, but if you could sit down certain people that you work with and you could have a respectful conversation with them about what it is that's frustrating you and burning you out. You know, I don't know because I really, it's not a them problem. I think all of that kind of stuff stems within like your own attitude and how you handle things. Um, And I think that I have tried a lot of different strategies. I'm still open to strategies. Um, But for me, it's internal. So I guess if I had to sit down with someone, I would ask them to give me real strategies that I can use. Like my biggest frustration is when you ask people to help you with classroom management, for example, and then they're like, well, everyone's different. I'm like, yeah, yep. I know that. (laughs) Good. Check. Okay, now what are you going to do to help me, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that's when I get my evaluations every single time, that's my lowest one. My personality doesn't necessarily fit with like old school classroom management, which again then goes back to the relationships and mm-hmm. building and figuring out why people act the way they act. But when you look at a traditional evaluation tool, the students aren't necessarily behaving the way that they should be traditionally. So it's like a balance. Sitting, are you saying like sitting quietly and listening? Yeah. Or, okay. As far as research and resources, I mean, I know, for example, you read uh, a book that I that I sent to you that I shared with the Facebook group, um, 13 Things Mentally Strong People yeah. Don't Do. And you seemed really affected by that book. Love um, that. Yes. I do too. I think about it a lot. In fact, it's on the shelf behind me and I pull it out sometimes and, and reread all 13 things. What do you feel is your biggest strength as a teacher? It would probably be the relationships like we talked earlier. Um, I mean, I really reach a group of kids that don't traditionally get reached. Um, That's something that I really try to spend a lot of time on because I hit my student council kids all the time. And, you know, I talk to them about their lives, but they get hit up lots. Like there's lots of, you know, if we put those kids name on a board, all the teachers would know who they are. So I really, really try to focus on, you know, the ones that probably wouldn't get hit up as much. So I would say relationships would definitely be my biggest strength. Would you say that classroom management is something, is is a challenge for you, like your biggest challenge? Or do you feel like there's... Yep. Okay. Okay. Oh, absolutely. There will be times that I'm just like, why are you doing that? Like what has possessed you, you know? And then... I have to like take my anger down and like take a breath. And I think a lot of our listeners you know? can relate to that for sure. But I'm, yeah, I'm so impressed with you though, Brittany, because of again, the in, in the past, you really, really diving deep into that book that, that I sent you and yeah. your, your research into, for example, teach like a champion and really putting those. Uh, strategies into practice. You are somebody who is is a go-getter, is an action taker. And I think that's yeah. one reason that you may be feeling the way that you're feeling about your your career. You are mm-hmm. you are addressing the feelings and you're deciding that it's time to maybe move on to something else. You just don't mm-hmm. know what that thing is yet. So yeah. what would you say to a teacher that came to you that was that was feeling burnout. What is one piece of advice that you would give them? The biggest thing that helps me is giving yourself time 
to self-care, whatever that is for you. Like for me, self-care is yoga and a podcast. Like I drive 40 minutes to go to yoga, which is annoying for some people, but it's really good for me. Um, just giving time to myself and getting some peace and quiet. And um, I like to listen to podcasts where I learn something. So if you're not burned out because you're feeling stagnant, like we said, you know, I feel burned out because we're, I'm stagnant. Like I'm like, man, I'm doing the same stuff and, you know, I need to switch it up. But if you're feeling burned out, you know, in the first few years, I would say it's probably self-care is what you're lacking. Um, but I'm a huge self-care advocate, whatever that is for you. Taking time to take care of yourself is the times where you have the best revelations. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And just realizing, like, talking it out with someone, you know, that would be my second piece of advice. Like, if you don't know why you're feeling burned out, so it's in this scenario, it's good that you came and talked to somebody. Because sometimes if we don't talk it out, like, I didn't realize that I was feeling unheard until last Monday. We were in the car, and I was driving home, and I got all these emails, and I was like, Oh, like I was so mad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my sister, my boyfriend and my brother-in-law were all listening to me very patiently rant for like 45 minutes. And my sister, who's a licensed clinician, um, was like, so what I'm hearing you say is that you feel like they're not listening to you and you're annoyed that on your personal day, you have to respond to emails telling them something you already told them. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Yep. In a nutshell, that is what I'm most annoyed about the past few years. And I think that's a technology thing. You know, our kids don't listen as well anymore when they have the computers all the time. Um, and they're okay with emailing me a million questions because it's quick and easy. And I don't mind emails either. But at the same time, it does get frustrating when you've already said it. Um, but yeah, so going back to it... Um, Talking to someone about why you're why you were burned out is so important because you can really figure out what what is the root of it. You have so much good advice, so many good things to tell people because even though you're going through it yourself, it doesn't make it any less important, and it certainly doesn't it doesn't not serve a purpose. Is that a double negative or what? The whole purpose of being burned in is realizing what you need to do to be the happiest and most fulfilled that you possibly can. And if your, yeah. if your career right now in teaching journalism is not that, then you need to tell people that it's okay that you're looking for other opportunities because what some teachers are falling into is, this is what I went to school for. This is what I've done right. for the last 10 years. And this is what there is for me. I don't think we should settle for complacency. Like, I don't think that, like, what's the point? You're going to live your life and not enjoy eight hours of your day, five for, days a week. For 30 for, to 40 years. And I'm like, I just don't want that at all. So, you know, I think that people need to be aware of what's making them feel how they feel. Because, you know, if teaching isn't it for you, then you need to do something different. Because those kids are so cool. And there's like... You know, they have to be there. Yeah. Like they don't get the choice. So right. you need to give your all if you're going to be there. Right. So I love that. Both for the kids and for yourself, you need to for make sure. a choice of whether or not you want to give it your all and be there. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great place for us to stop the serious part of the interview and awesome. go into this or that, the burned in teacher lightning round. 
Wonderful. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of choices and off the top of your head, what is it that you would choose? Okay, are you ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. Pop or indie? Indie. Me too. Cake or pie? Cake. Swimming or sunbathing? Sunbathing. High tech or low tech? Low tech. Awesome. That's interesting to hear you say. Low yeah. tech. So yep. so what are your thoughts on that really quickly? Do you think that we have too much technology out there for kids? Um, I think that we just need to teach them how to be smarter consumers and how to focus. They're always doing 14 things and they think they can multitask and they can't. Mm -hmm. Your brain cannot multitask the way that they think it can. And that's why, you know, I tell them, I'm like, you got to put your screens away. You got to turn the off for a second. You know, it got so bad right when Fortnite came out. Oh, oh God, don't get me started on Fortnite. But when Fortnite came out, literally, I went to all paper for like four or five weeks because I could not, for some reason, it wasn't blocked on our filter. Mm -hmm. And I could not get them to not focus on Fortnite. Like we did Julius Caesar on paper because I was like, this is, we're done. So, yes, wow. I love technology. It's my favorite. It's great. I think you can be a responsible consumer and like you need it for yearbook. But, oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I, I'm all low tech all the way. Good for you. Well, Brittany, thank, thank you. you so much for giving us your time. I really appreciate it. And you had a lot to offer people today. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I am continually so impressed with all of the great advice that I'm getting from teachers to share with you. So clearly, Brittany is trying really hard to pull herself out of that burnout. She actually says in it, I don't want to be burned out. I'm trying to do things to keep myself from feeling this way. She's reading a lot of things. She's trying new strategies. She's working really hard on relationships with her students and her coworkers. And of course, she's really involved in the burned in teacher community. I'm also really in love with the rules that she has set for herself as far as putting self-care first, having rules for herself as far as what she does and does not do at home, and when she leaves every day. Set rules for yourself that you are not allowed to break. They are non-negotiables. No grading at home. No checking email at home. No uh, leaving after four o'clock. That, of course, depends on when school stops every day, but that is up to you. Those are the things that you can control. And I've said this before. When you start setting those rules for yourself, you really start to reevaluate what it is that you're spending your time on at school. And let's not forget the really important two words, self-care. Brittany was really wise in her statements of when you're pouring and pouring and pouring out your gifts and your talents and your work, you run out eventually if you're not filling that cup back up. And I actually heard someone say this quote yesterday, and it's so true. When you leave at your certain time every day, Make sure you're spending time either before school or after school doing something for you, not for your family, not for your students, but for you. And I cannot leave without mentioning how great I think it is that Brittany holds such importance to building relationships with her students. She clearly knows how important that is. And she's clearly an advocate for teachers taking time to get to know your kids. It will save you a lot of problems in the end. That's it for this week's episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next week, take a deep breath. You are your own hero. And you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. 
Burn On. If you want to be updated on the latest Burned In Teacher podcast episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher podcast on Google Play or iTunes. Also, please consider leaving a review and leave a rating so that other teachers who are feeling the burnout can find this podcast to help them feel supported as they continue their journey out of burnout. Thanks so much.